Hey all you honeys and hunks, it's your friend from Hardcore Honeys bringing you fans a new episode. As per usual, we have the hot takes with Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson and official new honey, Shay Vassar. How's it going this week, guys? Oh, it's going. You know, no basketball today, so that's kind of disappointing. But, you know, it starts again tomorrow, so I'm not too sad. Yeah, I was going to say, one day off, that's fine. Just get a breather for what was happening yesterday with it. But it it does feel weird all of a sudden. I like I was looking at my day-to-day. I'm like, wait a second. I'm not watching any basketball games today. Right. Like, what's going on? That's no, that was one thing. Yeah, I'm looking. I was like, is there maybe a game? And then it's just, oh, marquee matchup. I was like, what's that? Oh, it's just a replay of yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's just replays and replays and replays of the one game yesterday. Jade, what's been your favorite part of the bubble so far? I think my favorite part has been the drama that happened. Like, I have to say, having the players all kind of piled on top of each other. I thought something has to come out of this. If something doesn't come out of this, something is not right. And so everything with Pat Beverly and Dame and PG going down, even though the whole bubble format was a ploy to keep Zion in the season as long as possible, even though that didn't happen, they still got high drama out of that play-in situation between the Grizzlies and the Blazers. So... Yeah, it was, it's been exciting in unexpected ways. Shay, what's been your favorite part of the bubble so far? So as much as I love the drama, because yes, especially social media drama is my thing. I feel like it should be its own reality show because the NBA always has some sort of social media drama at all times. But on a personal note, my favorite is... The fact that Hamadou Diallo got a 27-point career high in the last game OKC had against the Clippers. I always liked him from the moment we got him on OKC. But then when he won that slam dunk challenge, I I was sold out. I was like, he's going to be a good player. And you know that the slam dunk challenge, when it's a young player, doesn't always guarantee that they're going to be successful. But I have loved to see him come in and really fill in spots during this bubble. So for him to get 27 points, 11 rebounds in that Clippers game, I was like, see, he's great. He is great. So a lot of people that I know that I've been telling this to for a while, they're like, your boy did good. I'm like, yeah. So that's my personal favorite part of the bubble right now. All right. Gotcha. (laughs) Well, stick with you then with the Shea. What are you looking forward to now with the playoffs? Since everything's now set up, teams are set, what is something that you're getting excited for? I'm getting excited to see where the upsets are going to be. Because there is going to be upsets. I am sure of it. And I'm almost wondering if it's not going to be the teams we expect. Possibly, you know, Portland beating the Lakers or something like that. But What if it's the Celtics going all the way or, you know, some random storyline that we're not even expecting? That's what I'm really looking forward to is we can't really predict because we just don't know. And I love that. That's a nice, (laughs) nice thing to love with it all. Jade, what are you looking for with the playoffs? So I'm looking forward to seeing all the teams in meaningful games 
and being able to watch and not wondering if they were just kind of dialing it in. Because I felt that throughout the eight seeding games where it was like, okay, this is a top team and they don't look great, but this game doesn't mean anything to them. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody coming out, really competing, and not having to wonder if they really tried to win a game and knowing that everyone is leaving it all out on the floor. Leaving the hearts, leaving the blood, sweat, and tears in Orlando. Awesome. So with playoff basketball just inches from our fingertips, we thought, us honeys and the one hunk, thought we'd talk about playoff basketball. So what we're going to be doing, breaking down the matchups that are by conference by conference, the X factors for each of the first round series right now, um, what top teams have got some worries, what surprise teams, like we were just mentioning, might come around. And then also, since it is End of season, actually, officially, we got some awards to give out to some people. So we'll do our own personal takes with that. We're going to start off with the standings right now per both conferences. So it's uh, one and eight Portland Lakers going at it. And then the four and five Houston and OKC. And then three and six, you got Denver and Utah. And then the second seed and seventh seed, we got Clippers and Dallas. And then we'll swing it over to the East real quick. So then we got Bucks in Orlando. And then we got Indiana in Miami. And then we got Boston in Philly. And Toronto in Brooklyn. So, starting Western Conference. Jade, what is the matchup you are most excited for? I have a hard time in the Western Conference. Because... In most of the, like in a couple of the series, there's one team I really like and one team that I just can't be bothered with at all. So <laughs> it's kind of like, I th- if, if the teams I like both get into the second round, I'll be more excited. In terms of what I think is going to be the most entertaining, I'll go with that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I'm not super excited about any particular matchup. Really? But I think... Lakers Blazers is probably going to be the most entertaining series. I kind of feel like we've got an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object with Dame coming in and facing off with LeBron. Dame's got such a chip on his shoulder right now. He's been playing just absolutely out of his mind. And the Lakers have not looked great. And uh, for me, there's been some indications that they are working on some chemistry issues. The fact that all of their starters played in like the last couple seeding games was kind of like, hmm, what's going on there? And then uh, LeBron made some comments alluding to some chemistry issues too. Or lack so, of comments. What's that? Or lack of comments. Right. So. Yeah. That's the series. I don't know if I would say I'm excited about it, but I think it's going to be pretty entertaining. You're, that's the that's the storyline you're most interested in, at least. Right. Yeah. On the Western. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Because just Portland. I think if Portland would have been a healthy team all year, they wouldn't be in that eighth spot. I'd see them fifth or sixth at least. But they were still able to fight in and get in anyways, and I'm excited 
for them with that. So I'm going to swing that same question over to you then, Shay. I might, I think I already might know what which matchup you're most excited for. Which one for you though? It's definitely Thunder Rockets. I know I'm predictable, but you know, I just, you know, there's so many narratives around it. I think it's going to be really interesting because again, we don't know the exact factors. We have Harden who has historically not played great during the playoffs. We also have Russ being out uh, officially the first game, but most likely more than just the first one, which could be bad for the Rockets. But we also have an OKC team that has been underestimated throughout the season, really was not expected to be in the spot that they're at, much less in the playoffs. So are they going to continue to pull it off despite the Rockets kind of working at a disadvantage? I, I would say going in, the Rockets are definitely the one I'm more worried about. But then there's the also the overlapping narratives of, you know, Chris Paul and Harden going at it or Russell playing in playoffs against his former team. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really stoked about it. I'm probably going to get really frustrated and yell at the TV a lot, but that's fine. I'm, I'm ready. So would it be this series be a win-win situation or a lose-lose situation? I think it's going to be a win-win. A win-win situation for you? Especially depending on how Russ comes back and plays. Of course, we want Russell to win a championship. That's kind of the reason he left Oklahoma City. So we want to give him what he wants. But at the same time, I would love to see Oklahoma City get past the first round without Russell. That that would be that would be a nice thing to see. Uh, OKC finally moving on from the James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook era, and form finally forming a new path for themselves. Exactly. Okay, so we got what who you guys are excited for, but now we're just going to break it down to even the series that you don't care for. We're going to start off with that 1-8 and eight Lakers-Portland. So, Jade, since you had brought it up before, who do you got winning this series and how many games? Okay, so right at this exact moment, I, I went and did Sunday, my bracket. Sunday for listeners. Sunday, Today yes. is Sunday before the playoffs. That's important. So I went and did my NBA bracket challenge on NBA.com this morning it doesn't lock in till the 21st so i might change this not gonna lie because i keep going back and forth right now i've got the lakers in seven but like if there's gonna be a major upset i think it's gonna be portland so like i'm really torn i'm really really torn about that season so as we record i've got the lakers in seven but I reserve the right to change that until the NBA tells me I can't anymore. <laughs> so then who's the X factor then for that series? So say Portland does win. Besides Damian Lillard, who else has I mean, to be? Is you it can't CJ? Ask Is it that Nurk- question. What? I would say, I would say it's got to be Nurkic. With, with, with LA having such a, a large lineup, um, and he, he played so well yesterday after learning that his grandma died, Yesterday morning. Shout out, Nurk. Hope that was. Well. I know. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. I think he has to be. He has to continue to play, like what we saw him play yesterday for them. Even if Dame does go off for Portland to have a chance, Nurkic has to be playing the way he's been. Like, so they have Nurkic, and then they also have Hassan Whiteside, who averaged the most when it came to blocks per game. He was top this year once they did season stats, final stuff. 
And then they also have Zach Collins. So they do have some solid big men that can stay with, at least remotely stay with, Anthony Davis. And all three of those guys on Portland are better than JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, at least at their point in their respective careers. So so you got Lakers in seven, but Nurk is an X-factor if Portland would win. Who's the X-factor for the Lakers then? It's got to be LeBron. It's always LeBron. Always LeBron. I mean, if they're still having those chemistry issues we were talking about, if there's any chance they're still having that and they win, it's because LeBron said we're winning. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it is it is LeBron's league. The Lakers are LeBron's franchise now. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Shay, I'll throw the same one at you two just with the Lakers-Portland. So how many games? Who's winning it? I swear that Jade and I did not talk about this before, but I also have Lakers in seven, which was a hard thing because uh, I think either way it would end up going seven because this is such a good matchup. And again, because like you said, Portland really shouldn't be an eighth. I, I expected them to end up higher just from what we saw at the beginning of the season, how they ended up last playoffs, all of that. So I, this was a really hard one, uh, but I think I'm pretty confident in the Lakers. Confident with the Lakers in seven. Who's your X factor then for the Lakers? Is it also LeBron too, or is it AD? Is it Dion Waiters? I'm going to do a hot take here and say if if he can really pull it off, like we saw him at the end of that Denver game, it's Kuzma. Kuzma? Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Because when he's hot, he is great, and he scores. And it's like, why don't you do this every game? I did like his post-game interview when he said, I'd be starting on a majority of the teams in the league. I just so happen to be behind two of the best, uh, or two of the top five forwards in the league. Which, I will give him that. A majority of the teams, he would be a starter. He would. He would. I don't know if I would say. I don't know if I would say majority. That means you got to eat 16 teams out of 30. I don't know if I would go that far. 16 teams out of 30. I would put him and starter on 16 teams. Mm. I'd have to dig into it more. I don't think I'm convinced. You're not convinced, and that's fair. I don't mind Kuzma, so that's the other thing why I'm okay with saying it. But once he got rid of the Kardashian, that's when I was fine. I feel like that's how we all feel about NBA players. Just get rid of him. He's still a dumbass, though. He didn't get any better, minus the Kardashians. Like, he he posted a picture of him and his girlfriend that was not meant for public on his social media. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Not that long ago. She made him take it down. So, like, to me, she's dating way down. Whitney's dating way down in him. He should have stuck with the Kardashians. Then they'd be on the same level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like, I want to like Kuzma, but at the same time, I preferred Brendan Ingram. So, but we, I think we got this Lakers Portland one. We don't, none of us really care too much for the Lakers. So that's, that's, yeah. But now we'll go to then that fourth and fifth Houston OKC. I'm going to start you off with this one, Shay. How many games? Who wins it? Okay, so. I said it once, and I'm committing to it because I want my confidence to manifest this. Are you ready? OKC in five. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm manifesting right. it, okay? I'm So who's the X factor then for that? I think I really think that we're gonna see SGA come back in full force there. We saw him falter a little bit in the bubble, but then the last game against the Clippers, you know, we saw him come back and look how he had the rest of the season. So I really think that the pairing of him and Chris Paul plus the added tensions against that come with it being the Rockets, I really think that that's going to just make that chemistry really nice. I think SGA is going to be really well. And honestly, my X factor could be the entire OKC bench because we have one of the best benches, which is so vital in playoff games because someone else is off, you throw a bench player in and we don't have just like one or two good bench players. We have Dennis Schroeder, sixth man of the year, probably. Uh, And then we also have other people who come off the bench, Baisley, and they shoot and they score. It's just, I don't know. I just don't know how the Rockets can compete with that. See, I thought you were going to say like Danilo or Steven Adams were going to be the X factors. Or Steven Adams just because of his size and who he's going to be going up against. And that's a great point because it's in a lot of the Thunder discussion groups I've seen. They're all curious who they're who the Rockets are going to put up against Steven Adams because you have one of the strongest guys in the league. And then not the strongest. If not, yeah, exactly. He's like lifting cows as weights. And then you have a Rockets team who is attempting to do small ball or whatever form of so-called small ball. And it's like, how are you going to do that? So I just, I think all the factors here are just going to really be really nice for OKC. Okay. All right, so I'm going to swing this this matchup now over to you, Jade, with it. Which team, who wins it, how many games? All right, so I've got this series going six games. Okay. And as loath as I am to say it, I have the Rockets. It's fine, I'll forgive you. And everybody that's listening to us knows I do not have any love for the Rockets, but... Uh, I'm going to go right into Taylor's X-Factor question. This is something I never, ever underestimate when it comes to playoff basketball, and that's playoff experience on a roster that has had some time together. Last year, when everyone was saying the Bucks were going to beat the Raptors, I was saying the Bucks might be a better team on paper, but they do not have the consistency over years in a unit that's played together, and that's going to make a difference. And that that's going to be my X factor for this series too. Just the fact that Harden and Russ have played together before. They enjoy playing together. They seem to work well on the team together, even if a lot of their minutes come independently of each other in terms of who's on the floor. They're, they still haven't been on the floor together a ton. They, they do t- tend to play um, opposite minutes to each other, but just that that level of consistency, the extra playoff experience. I like OKC better as a team. I like the way they play better. But rookie-led teams tend to struggle in the playoffs, and I just don't think that OKC is going to be the exception to that rule this year. 
you don't think Paul's going to be able to pull something out of his hat and be able to get them? I, I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to make it competitive and entertaining. But at the end of the day, I think it's Houston going to the second round. Okay, Houston in six, and then we got OKC in five. It's going to be an interesting conversation once we get to that series finish finale. Um, so now switch it up to the one series I am least interested with, uh, Denver Jazz. So, uh, Jade, who do you got and in how many games? Yeah, so first I'm going to agree with you. This series does nothing to inspire me whatsoever. Um, I have Denver in six. You got Denver in six? I don't even know why. Basically because I had to pick something. Because that's how much I care about this series. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Who's the X factor then for Denver? I think it's got to be Joker. It's it's the Joker? I think uh, if Gobert plays well, he can give him some problems in terms of that match. Matchup. So I think he really has to be kind of at the top of his game because Denver's one of those teams that without Jokic, they look like a completely different team. Whereas the Jazz have, I think, more of flexibility, team play kind of chemistry, whereas you can you can put different pieces in and it still looks like jazz basketball. So I think that the biggest factor is going to be if Jokic does not bring kind of his top game, that team basketball of Utah could, uh, could give them some, some trouble. Cause yeah. Cause Rudy is essentially Jokic's kryptonite. Yeah. And so, and then they don't have to worry about Rudy doing too much on offense because they don't have to worry about Jokic on defense really at all. So that's that's a matchup that I, that I would be curious for the series. Anywho, Shay, who do you got in this Denver Utah matchup, and then how many games? Maybe I'm just overestimating everyone, but I have Denver in five. I don't really care about this matchup either. I don't want to watch the Jazz. Um, I'm very glad we're not playing the Jazz, just because I did not want to do that again. And Oof. yeah, I'm gonna have to say it's Jokic as well. I. Overall, I just think Denver has a more aggressive team. And I don't think the Jazz really performed like they knew each other even in the bubble. It just looked like they were new teammates. It was awkward. And I think that the chemistry between Denver is just so much better. And again, they have a lot of nice players coming off their bench. And for something... I really like his bench players. So I I think Denver just, I think they got it. Okay. So both of you guys got Denver no sh- with Jokic as their, as your X factor. Got it. Okay. And now the last matchup, which is my personally favorite, my personal favorite matchup, probably almost for the entire first round is the Clippers Dallas. So Shay, who do you got in this one? And in how many games? I have Clippers in six. Um, I think I think it will be a really good matchup. I think they match up to each other really nicely. They play similar basketball in a lot of ways. But I think that the Clippers just are so much better put together. And they 
have slowly been working out some of their chemistry issues with the bubble. But I really think in the same way that people hope that the Lakers turn it on, I really think the Clippers are going to turn it on. And I'm really thinking we're going to see that with Kawhi. So I'm going to go that Kawhi is my X factor. Kawhi is the X factor for it too? Okay. And then how many games for Clippers? I said six. Oh, six? Okay. Six. Okay. Six six for Clippers and Kawhi X factor. Got it. Jade. Allie and open this question to you. Clippers, Mavs, and is Kawhi going to be the X Factor? Because I know that you're going to have uh, input with that. Yes. So I also have the Clippers, but I have this series going to seven. Um, I think it's going to be a tough series. I think the I think Dallas right now is a team that a two seed has potential to really underestimate in ways that they're going to be able to take three games out from under them. And definitely Kawhi is the X factor. My experience thing comes into play too, because you've got your young stars and Luka Doncic and Chris Stapps Porzingis that do not have a ton of playoff experience. It's also their first year playing together. And all that, although that chemistry has come together really well so in nice. a short time, playoff basketball we know is, is different. It's different. So having Kawhi two-time finals MVP, he's been all the way through the gauntlet twice. He's done it with a team he's only been with for a year, last year with the Raptors. So he's shown that he has an ability to just, like Shay said, to just turn it on. Um, And I expect to see that happen, especially since we haven't really seen it through the regular season. We know it's there. There's no question it's there. So I'm sure that it's going to show up, but I don't think it's going to be an easy out for the Clippers. I think the Mavs are going to put in some work and make it a really tough series. I mean, the Mavs have one of the, if not the best efficient, offensive efficient rating of all time. So I could see them snagging a couple just alone, just because there's going to be a night where Luka and Porzingis are just absolutely lights out. And then they're going to have one of their role players then also step out. Like uh, um, one player I'm really excited for, for them is Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm -hmm. Because when he's on, he's lights out. So if my take, I'm going to throw my take with it. I got Clippers, but I'm going seven as well too. Side note, Jade, this is going to be a specific Toronto Kawhi question. I saw this online and it was, it was going through every NBA franchise and saying their best player ever for it. I got offended when I saw Kevin Garnett. I was like, please, have you watched Rubio play? Best player. But they had Kawhi being the best player in Toronto's hit, Toronto Raptors history. Is that fair since he only played the one year? Yes, he brought him a title. But Kyle Lowry has been, the Raptors, has been with the Raptors for six years now. And has been an all-star pretty much every single year. And yes, Kawhi was the main man for it, but Lowry was the heart of that team. Am I wrong? He he still is. I think he's been, it's seven or eight years he's been all-star last six. And yeah, I can't give it to a guy who got traded because his franchise was ticked off at him and sent him to exile in Toronto. Cause like, let's face it, we all know that's what happened. <laughs> and then 
left. And I'm not even mad at him for leaving. Nobody really in Toronto was mad at him for leaving. He was he always up front where he said, yeah. yeah, he was always up front where he said, we're going to do this year and we're going to see what happens. I have to give it to Kyle Lowry. As much as people like to say that we don't have a championship without Kawhi, and I agree with that, we don't have a championship without Kyle either. He is just as important a part of that team as Kawhi was. So, yeah, I can't give it. Like, if you want to talk just stats and you only want to look at one season, I get why they would say that. But as a Raptors fan, and I'm sure all Raptors fans, like if we did this poll on Twitter, Raptors fans would overwhelmingly agree it's it's Kyle Lowry. What about Vince? He's the guy that put you guys on the map. Yeah, but he didn't stay long enough to do anything with us. He stayed six years. He (laughs) got you guys to be the third seed. He got you guys to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he's... Do you see him in space? He's Does this look like a convincing amount of time as Kyle Lowry has been? Yeah, but he he left the he left the franchise. He's still pissy about it all these years later. Like I just I can't no. He like he was never the the heart and soul of the Raptors. He was the spark. He was a firework, right? But he was never that grounding force. He was never that guy that oh Kyle's going down playing hard. Everyone's gonna play hard. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, also that also goes on the teammates that Vince had at the time. The Raptors that the players that are around Kyle Lowry right now, these are guys that are willing to play for each other. Yeah, they want to. I think that also slightly has to deal with the Raptors team. But I was just curious with your take with that, considering your Raptors fandom and seeing that Kawhi was getting that only after one year. Yeah, the title, but that was also. I don't think you would have won either without Marc Gasol. I don't think you guys would have won pro- without uh, Ibaka. Like, there's a lot of pieces that if they if Raptors didn't have it, it's going to change some outcomes for things. Right. It was a so. team effort for sure. And that just goes to show the season they had this year. People are expecting the Raptors to take a huge step back. Not savvy NBA fans, but NBA fans in general. You know, there's people even saying they're going to be a lottery team. They're going to not make the playoffs this year. That was year. ridiculous when I heard that. It's, it's ridiculous. But people believed it. Like, people genuinely believed that. And the fact that that didn't happen, you have to look at all the other pieces around Kawhi and go like, oh, shit. It wasn't just Kawhi. It was a team effort. Okay. Just wanted to hear your take with it since I know that you would have the, I would say, the valid arguments for things with raptors i'll give you that jade okay well uh speaking of raptors we're going to swing it over to the eastern conference god look at that segue damn i'm good sometimes Uh, (laughs) but since jade had her moment of chatting uh we'll start with you with the eastern conference shay so we got bucks magic here's i think this is my eastern conference matchup that i just don't care for at all um but we got to do it uh shay who do you got and how many games? This is my only sweep and it's Milwaukee and four. I just, maybe I don't know enough about the magic to really comment on them, but I just, yeah. I mean, if you're eighth seed in the East, I think that says a lot. I think the Bucks want it so much more. I think they're much more talented again, from what I know, I just don't follow the magic very well. And I haven't really heard their name mentioned a ton so it's very hard for me to imagine them coming but 
as I mentioned earlier, I'm all for upsets. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily hate if the Magic somehow did beat the Bucks. But no. I don't think that's going to happen. They uh, do have the second youngest coach, too. So there's another uh, factor going into it, going into the playoffs true. with a 36-year-old coach. Yeah, um, I don't really know if that plays too much into it. Like, just because it's like, I, again, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't really care a ton about this. I know the Bucks are going to win. I know they're going to make it into at least the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's like, I'm just kind of. Since it's a sweep, is there going to be any serious X factor for it? Or is it more just the Bucks have four games, four and out? I think that's just more it. That's more it. Got it. Yeah. It's going to be a I, nice warm up for them. Yeah, I don't know First if that's Middleton a inform. boring take, but I'm just like, again, I don't know much about magic, so maybe I'm completely underestimating them, but uh, I doubt it. Jade, I'll throw this now to you. Bucks, magic, who's winning? You got a sweep here, too? I do have a sweep here. I was going to start by saying I don't think you're underestimating the magic because this is also my only sweep of the playoffs. And it's Bucks and four. On top of being a young team, having a young coach, they lost Jonathan Isaacs. He's that's he's what I was just about done. to say. The one guy that could guard Giannis, Giannis. Right. is done. He's gone. And the same with Mike Vichay. No X factor. This is this is going to be scrimmage games for the Bucks. I think. I don't. I don't see there being any big drama. I don't see there being particularly, even if the games are close, I don't think they're ever going to really feel like Orlando has a chance to win them. I just, this just seems like a walk in the park first round for the Bucks. Walk. Yeah, that's if when I did, saw that matchup, I was like, man, Giannis is sleeping well tonight. And he looks over. He's got, they got Portland. He's like, Oh, you guys are actually dealing with a playoff team. That sucks. <laughs> uh, if they had ended up matched up with the Raptors, too, this still would have been a sweep for me. Orlando is just – Orlando's that team in no man's land where they're just good enough to make the playoffs and someone's got to go out the first round and it's going to be them. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay, so then next matchup that um, that, I, that I personally really like that I'm looking forward to just because of the – uh, the bubble play against each other. We have Pacers, Miami Heat. Shay, who do you got in that series, and in how many games? I have the Heat in seven. You have the Heat in seven? Okay. I think it's actually, yeah, this one I'm really interested in. I actually would say that despite the team I follow the most being in the West, I have a little bit more interest in the Eastern first round just because there are a, the, there's so much potential that could happen. Uh, and I really think that Miami is, is going to do it. I just, they, they have a experienced coach who knows the franchise and the way that the heat is. And despite Butler being newer on the team, I think that they just have, he fits nicely into what they had so far. Do I think they're great? No. And so I think it could go the other way because I haven't watched the Pacers a ton in the bubble, but from the little I have, they were much more impressive than I expected. So I, I just, I don't know though. I, it, I'm kind of going with the gut feeling that it's going to be the heat. I think it'll be good games though. They are very similar when it comes to that. They're very team oriented, uh, t- 
teams. So uh, that is, no, yeah, that is a very, I think it's almost a toss up with it. Jade, who do you got and in how many games? I also have Miami also in seven games. I think this is going to be the hardest first round series in the East. Neither of these are teams anybody was talking about really in the playoff conversation at the beginning of the season. I said as soon as Butler went to Miami, that was a match made in basketball heaven. It's such a good fit. Nobody's trying to control him or tell him what to do or think that, you know, like just it, it's just such a great fit for Jimmy Butler. And he wants it. I don't know that there's going to be anybody playing in the playoffs this year, maybe Dane, that wants it as much as Jimmy Butler does. And his years are dwindling he, too. Right, exactly. Right. And he is, he's the heart of the team. Like, I think he's got that same potential like Kyle. Like, Jimmy goes out and plays hard. Everyone else is going to come out and play hard. I think their undrafted rookies might be their only little thing I might be concerned about. Because, again, most people, most players get playoff experience by losing and then coming back the next year or the year after. So I'm curious to see those guys have performed so well in the regular season. I'm curious to see if they can keep it going through the playoffs. But Indiana's kind of in the same boat as a, as a squad. They don't have a ton of playoff experience. So I think Jimmy Butler's kind of the X factor for Miami in that series. Just want to point out to you guys, this is the first upset that you guys have predicted. Because Pacers squeaked in at four. So... I, I forgot to ask you this, Shay. Who's the X factor then for Miami? Um, I I think I'm gonna go with Hero because he was doing some really nice like shots and stuff. Wow, that that was really good basketball talk. Um, he <laughs> yeah, was, good story. Good story. He was shooting the ball and making it inside the hoop. So, um, but no, I I really was impressed with him, and I think. I think he's one of the key elements to that team that has really shown potential and kind of like what y'all were saying about Jimmy Butler. It's like, he, he does really want this and he has the support. And I think hero is one of them. And Jade, who's your X factor then for Miami? I told you, Jimmy, Jimmy covered that already. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to throw in just a quick hypothetical with it. Say Indiana was at full health. They have, Demo, uh, Sabonis, Oladipo is in full health again. Are you still getting Miami, or is this a is this a Pacers series, Shay? In that situation, this becomes the same as Lakers Portland, where I might so. flip flop until right. I'm not allowed to change it anymore. I with full health with the Pacers, I really would have a hard time picking one way or the other. I mean, right now they're not full health, so I mean, I get the the Miami stance with it. It's just I love the way that this Indiana team is built. So yeah. I just I I hope for Indiana for the best, but I do have Miami winning it, sadly. Okay, so next matchup with my least favorite team of the entire playoffs, we have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. Shay, who's winning and in how many games? I have Boston in five. Good. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already didn't really like the Sixers. And then the fact that 
I don't know what's going on with Joel Embiid. He is not He's the process cool. anymore. Like, nah. he is not looking good. Um, He's tired. And he, would, he looks tired. He looks ex- exhausted. Like, he does not want to be there. And Boston is definitely going to take advantage of that because they're they're a little scrappy, you know? They're going to come out and take a hold of that that lack of motivation and, and really bring it. Um, yeah, I, I don't even think that's a question. I think it might... Uh, it even feels weird saying in five because that's how little I think of Philly right now. But I do think that, it you know, the Celtics might have to take a game where they take it a little easy and give them a win if they're ahead. So that's that. I don't know. I remember I was watching a game against Houston and he and Bede was never posting up. Yeah. Never post. He was parked out by the three and I think it was an ESPN game. No, it was a TNT game because Reggie Miller was saying, right now, if you're Houston, if he ends up at the three-point line, that's a win for that possession. If he makes it, okay, fine. That's fine. But you'll let him take that instead of the two-foot hook shot. Right. So All and, day long. And what I also thought it was funny. They dropped to sixth. At, the B, at All-Star weekend, I think they were third or fourth. And now they've dropped to sixth. So, they really fell apart by the end of the year with that. Um, Who's your X Factor then, Shay, for the Boston? That's so hard. It's another well-rounded team. So, I think this is a good time to bring up. Gordon Hayward's wife is still pregnant, and if she goes into labor, I think that could possibly affect the team. But, again, they are pretty well... uh, Staffed? Is that a correct way to call a team? I don't know. I'm like, they're not really staffed. That's weird. But, but they, you know, they can easily put in a replacement for Gordon Hayward. But that is still someone who is he performed better in the bubble than expected. And if it, if he were to leave, it would be something they have to to deal with. That's that's it though. Is dealing with. Um, I think that could be a potential struggle. But overall, I just think they are a well-rounded team, and, and maybe that's their X factor. They just work well together. So, Jade, I'll swing this question over to you. Boston or Philly, and in how many games? I also have Boston in five. I don't think they're going to be particularly close games that Boston wins. I mean, we haven't even mentioned that there's no Ben Simmons for the 76ers. That's what I was actually about to – I have some side things at the end of your answer about the 76ers. Yeah, that's a huge factor. I mean, even even as much as I don't think Simmons is playing the game he should be playing, and because of that, Embiid is not playing the game he should be playing, I don't think they have a chance getting out of the first round without the two of them both playing, even even if it's like the most ugly basketball in playoff NBA right now with the two of them. Embiid is just... You know, there's always this conversation of if if you moved on from one or the other, are you keeping Simmons or Embiid in Philly? And I always say I would keep Simmons because Embiid is such a crybaby. I don't think he has it in him to lead a team. You have to bring in somebody that is the leader. Let him be maybe not even the second guy. Like he just I just don't think he has that any leadership ability whatsoever. I don't even think he's necessarily interested in being a leader. 
You know, it's he not like Kyrie really wants to be a leader, but can't seem to be able to figure it out. Like, I don't think Embiid even cares to be. Right. And so, yeah, Boston's been playing such good basketball. Like we were saying, they're such a unit. There are so many teams in the Eastern Conference that are just such good units. And Boston got, is another I think one. we just mentioned three with Indiana, Miami, and Boston. Right. And then we'll right. be getting to your team in a second, Jade. So that's four teams I, right there that are very well Exactly. Known. So I just – there's no way. Like, I just don't think there's any way Philly gets out of this series. Okay. So we got Boston both in five. So then I got a question about the Sixers then. If they get four games, five games, whatever they kicked out, do they blow up? Do they fire Brett Brown? Do they trade Embiid and or Simmons? Jade, what are they going to do? What's what's the what's the option you think is best for them? So the option I think is best is to trade Embiid, but I think what will happen is Brett Brown will get fired, and I think that's going to that's a mistake. I don't think Brett Brown is the problem. I think the roster doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you bring in to coach it. It's not going to make sense. They would have to completely change their play style. And I don't know that the 76ers roster has the overall basketball IQ for that drastic of a change. So I think Brett Brown will probably get fired, but that's not what I would do. I would be trading indeed. Shay, how about you? What, Where is this Philadelphia team going to go if they get out of the first round in four or five games? I would have to say the same thing. I feel like a lot of times when you are having issues within a team, general managers don't want to look at their so-called star players or who brings in the crowd, which with Philly, that is Embiid. I think, I mean, even though he is looking tired and has not looked the same that he did, say, even two seasons ago, I still think that that's who's coming to games. And if you don't really have the ability to make a really great trade for him, I I don't really know where he would fit in the league. So I think they are going to end up firing. And I don't think that's a smart move. I don't think that's good. And Ben Simmons, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that dude, but... So where would Embiid go then? Like, where's a team that would fit him? Do you do either of you have an idea? Jade, do you have a possible idea where he could end up and maybe something different would happen? I don't have anywhere that would be willing to take on his salary. Right. Right? Like, the kinds of teams that can afford him, he would not be an asset to those kind of top-level teams. I think in order for him to be what the Sixers expected him to be, he needs to be on a team that's maybe rebuilding, like the Bulls or, heaven forbid, the Knicks. Like, Ooh, I don't I'm go to the Knicks. <laughs> Who's going to go to the Knicks? I don't that's bad. Maybe the Suns. The Suns could well, maybe they got DeAndre use... Ayton, and he's been they, doing really well. He is doing well. But, like, in terms and of... He's healthier like, I just and he's think, got five years younger than him. I think just between what the, the demand of his salary and the kind of team that would actually take him on, he's kind of in a bit of limbo if he leaves the 76ers. 
my brain is running through all these teams. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I just don't know where he would go. Like, I thought for a second, oh, he could go to Miami. But then I thought, wait, no, he was the reason why Jimmy left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably, I think it was probably him. It was Embiid was why Jimmy left. I don't see Jimmy having too much rest of the beef with the rest of the squad. Well, he opened up about that actually on JJ Reddick's podcast. He did. Um, and it was actually something he overheard from front office saying about, are you going to be able to keep him in line? And he didn't like that. <gasps> of course wait, not. Wait, wait, that Jimmy was going to have to keep Embiid in line? No, that how were they going to keep Jimmy in line? Oh. Yeah. I mean, they needed him. They needed Jimmy, and they well, should they not have let JJ Redick walk. Like they did not look like a good team, even at the beginning of the season. They did not look like a contending team without those guys. No. No, they did not. What about New Orleans? Oof. Well, then he's gonna have to share the shine with Zion, and I think he's too much of a diva for that. Too much of a diva. Okay. I don't think he'd like that now. Okay, I was just giving some hypothetical ideas with it. That'll make uh, it super interesting if he g- does get traded, because then we'll be like, huh, this is where he ended up, and we can analyze all that. I don't think, I really don't think they're going to trade him, though. I think they're going to fire Brett Brown and waste another year. Wait, how about Nets goes all in and trades pretty much any future idea for anything to get Embiid and then Kevin Durant and Kyle Lowry together? Ooh, I don't know if that would work. Three divas with no leadership ability on the same squad? Oh, please. You meant Kyrie Irving, not Kyle Lowry, right? Oh, yeah, so I meant Kyrie Irving. Okay, uh, thank God. Because I was like, like whoa, he hasn't been whoa, in my whoa. radar so long. It's just when I hear a Kai for basketball, I just think of Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a good thing. That's the. Yeah. I think of Kyle Lowry before I think of Kyrie Irving. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, and Toronto, Kyrie Brooklyn. <laughs> Another great segue for Taylor. Okay. Um, Jade, how many games do you got Toronto in? <laughs> Six. I have Toronto Six? in. Really? Yes. Um, okay, so if you had asked me this at the going into the bubble, how many games with the net sending like no one from their regular season I would have said it was going to be a sweep but I've watched the Nets play and they're pretty good I think they're benefiting from the Kyrie Irving paradox where if he's on your team but he's not playing you overperform <laughs> so I I think they're going to be able to take a couple games like I've been I've been surprised like, really surprised watching them play. Um, also, one of my favorite players in the NBA, uh, Allen, plays for them. Mostly just because he reminds me of Afro Samurai. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> Especially last season when they let them wear... Or the season before when they had the tie. Oh, my gosh. I was like, it's Afro Samurai. He's in the NBA. That's So, anyways, I'm nerding out a little bit here. But yeah, I think they're playing as a unit in a way that would never have happened if Kyrie and Katie had been available. And 
it 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 feels almost crazy to say because they were one of those teams that was just like, eh, they're going to the bubble, whatevs. I don't think they're going to get past the Raptors, obviously, but I do think they're going to be able to snag a couple games off of them. I do like Levert. He is. Yeah. He's going to be something special for them. He's just got to continue being healthy. He had a bad injury, and I remember it happened against the Timberwolves, and I felt really bad because oh. it was one of those freak accident injuries that just rumble, bumble, stumble, and it kept him out for a while. And I was like, oh, hoping for the best for you. But he's bouncing back, so that's great to see. Who's the X Factor then for you? Um, for that series, I'm going to say it's going to be Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol? So far in the bubble, he has not returned fully to the Mark Gasol that was so important to our playoff run last season. He got two in shape. Right? Like, he got so, in shape. You got to keep doughy. <laughs> so uh, he, he's starting to show a little more of that the last couple of games they played in the bubble. And if he gets all the way back, just his ability to post up and find the right open player has been, like, masterful. If he can get back to that against this team where I don't like I don't there's not any huge size things like if he was matching up against Embiid or we were playing, you know, down the road, maybe playing against Giannis. So I think it's going to be his playmaking. Well, if your playoff idea comes out right, he's not going to have to worry about Embiid. Because well, it, it would be Boston and Toronto, but we can't get to that yet because we got to wait for the first round to end. Yeah. Okay. And now Shay will wrap up this breakdown of the playoffs with you. Raptors, Brooklyn. Who wins how many games? So I have Raptors in five. I mean, I do think Brooklyn could possibly take one more game just because, again, they were not expected to be good in the bubble, much less where they are. It's weird because these are a bunch of guys that haven't necessarily played together, you know, coming from the G League, coming from other areas. And so it's it's interesting to see that this experiment worked for the net. And don't get me wrong, like I again love underdogs. That is like my thing because it's drama and I love drama. But I don't think it's the net's time. And what's sad is I don't know if they're gonna get any opportunity after this just because yeah once you bring in the super the so-called superstars that I don't really like to watch play you're gonna lose some of the scrappiness that has been the Nets the last couple of seasons and Toronto just obviously looks better I mean it's they they have recovered from losing Kawhi who was a major factor in their win last year but they also adapted to that loss very easily and it's really nice to watch because in in the same way that I feel like I was struggling to find an x factor on like the Celtics that's kind of how it feels with the Raptors in some ways because they they utilize their strengths and make up for each other's weaknesses really beautifully and it's just good basketball I'm just excited for the Raptors get to the next round so we can watch better basketball in my opinion because Brooklyn is just not, it's it's an experiment, and it's working somewhat, but it's not its not the same. So It's their experiment, but it's not the final product that they're wanting right now. That's going to be next season. And Well, and what's sad is I don't even think 
that's going to work. So that's they won't be a- win a title with the team with Kevin Durant or Ky- and Kyrie Irving. They won't. No, win. no. And the Nets just doesn't have the support of. They're kind of like the Clippers, like maybe like 15 years ago, where they just don't have the support of a fan base. There's, you know, everyone is still a Knicks fan for some reason, which is really weird because at least the Nets win some games. So I don't know why anyone would be a Knicks fan in New York anymore. But also because Knicks tickets are so expensive and Nets tickets are very affordable because of that. So it's very confusing. I don't know why anyone would pay like over three digits or really over two digits for the Knicks tickets when no. they're not going to win. It's ridiculous. But yeah, no, I, I it'll be a decent c- series, but it's obviously the Raptors. Who's your X factor for the Raptors then? I'm going to just go Kyle Lowry. Cause I really like watching. He's like a little bulldog out there. I just, ugh, I love it. I love it. It's, it's good basketball. It looks like a, he plays in a way that looks like a pickup game, but in a way where you're like, that dude needs to be in the NBA. But Kyle Lowry is in the NBA, and that's what makes it so special. So, okay. Like so, we got those four matchups, or yes, four matchups all set. No, eight matchups. Huh. Eight matchups all set. Only one upset out of all of them. And even then, that's a very. You can flip a coin on that series with Indiana and Miami. Before we go in the fast break, I wanted to get your guys' take on Alvin Gentry being fired. Oh, yeah, I was just – that was something – I we were going to go through work, and I was going to ask about Alvin Gentry. Okay. I think that's unfair. I agree. That's I unfair. Too. You just missed the playoffs with essentially a brand-new team, and the were player that everyone's been hyping rookie? is gone. Your superstar rookie missed most of the season. Right. Like, I don't get a chance. When I saw that on Bleacher Report yesterday, I was like, really? Like, really? Just, yeah. New Orleans got real impatient there. I would have said, okay, maybe fire him next season? That's but a thing. Give like, him a full season with no breakage, like what happened, and let's right. see where he can take you. He's a good coach. The fact, that they, coach. the fact that they got as close to the playoffs as they did yeah. should have been a win. Just like how the Phoenix Suns are thinking this right now. I was watching an interview with Monty Williams, and he was just like, regardless of what happens, if we go for the play-in game or not, like, you guys showed the league a thing or two that yeah. we're a new team that's going to be coming up, and you guys got to watch out for us. Yeah. So regardless of what happened, we won this bubble. And I was like, that's also a good coach right there yeah. at getting your team spirits up. We worked our butts off. Regardless of what happens, we should be walking up with our heads held high. So that's my take with Alvin Gentry getting fired, though, even though I went over to Monty Williams then. <laughs> okay, so before we get to the fast break, actually, we got to do some end-of-season awards. So we'll start off with the Rookie of the Year. So the finalists are Morant... Uh, Kendrick Nunn from uh, Miami and Zaya. Shay, who's your quick response answer? Jean Morant. I think he is so fun to watch. And yesterday, if they had won the game, it would have been because of him. So yep. that's it. That's I love that. seeing JV, though. Val Chunas was doing real well. Yeah. Jade yeah. was happy about that. Yeah. Still my favorite player in the NBA, even though he got traded. <laughs> okay, Jade, Who? how about you? 
You got also, Maria, gotta, you got Zion. It's got to be Ja. It's not close. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But just had to ask because it's an award that we got to talk about. Okay, <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year. So we got Giannis, we got the Brow, and then we got the Stifle Tower and Rudy Gobert. Jade, who you got for the Defensive Player? I think I got to go with Gobert. I just when it, when I when I think defense and of those three names, his is just always on the top of my list. And maybe that's not fair because Giannis does so many other things so well. The defense is the only thing Rudy Gobert is really good at. Right, exactly. So that's why for me, it's just like it, it, we're, we're talking about really dominant defense, and that's like the word you associate with a player. It's it's got to be Gobert for me. Okay. Uh, Shade, Defensive Player of the Year. Out of those three, who do you got? I'm going to have to say Gobert. I honestly, part of me wants to say that there are other defensive players that just got overlooked because I didn't really want to pick any of these three. But I also can't put a name on one. It's just, it's such a hard thing because watching Anthony Davis struggle without LeBron was just kind of disappointing. Like, Gobert's fine, don't get me wrong. Okay, so we got so we got both for Gobert. Okay, <laughs> uh, six man of the year award. So we got Montrez Harrell, we got Schroeder, and then we got Slick Lou Williams. Shay, Dennis Schroeder, and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, just because again, like this team went through a big change with the mostly the Russell Westbrook. I'm not even going to say that the PG trade was the big change in that trade. It was getting Shea Gilgis Alexander on the team. And I think Dennis Schroeder is part of the reason that they were able to keep that consistency and be at the level that they're at with adding Chris Paul as the leader. And we have a young player in SGA who is starting to ball handle in a very nice way. So Dennis Schroeder was the consistency factor there. And obviously that worked. Okay, so Schroeder, unsurprisingly, for Shea. Perfect. Uh, Jade, how about you? Who do you got for that sixth man? For that sixth man. I'm going to have to give it to Montrez Harrell. Um, that bench, when he was unavailable, was a completely different unit. And I think there were times you could really see how much he was missed when he wasn't there. They're not a big team. No. So, so he's just, very uh, important for that team. Right. And just the, like, sometimes it's, it's missing somebody that makes you see how important they were. And I think that was what played into me noticing. I picture Montrell's Harrell as, I don't know if you guys ever watched Kenyon Martin in his prime. Very similar play style. And Kenyon Martin was the energizer bunny of a big man. And so is Harold. So my, that he'd be my pick too. But I'm not the one throwing in my answers. So I'll switch over to the most improved player. Jade, who do you got? So we got Bam, Luca, and Brandon Ingram. Ooh, that's hard. All three of those guys took big steps forward this season. Bam, Ingram... And I think I got to give it to Luca. I mean, to be his age and 
almost average a triple-triple in the NBA to be the leader of your team, it's pretty impressive to have done it with a new number two in Kristaps Porzingis, who also missed quite a bit of time this season. I think he's just, he's got maturity and he's, I don't understand how he's still so underrated, but I see so many comments about him on Twitter about how, oh, he's so overrated. I'm like, what, what are you guys talking that's, about? That's, so that's every that's, player that's, that's borderline getting a triple double is, oh, they're overrated. Overrated. Ron gets it. Russell. I mean, as much as I don't like James Harden, he is still a, he's still he's still a great player. Like anyone that yeah. could almost get a triple double any night, there's gonna have a lot of haters saying they're overrated. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Luca. Luca? Okay. Yeah. Uh Shay, how about you? I'm giving it to Bam. I just again I like that Heat team. I think he really added to it and I mean I I like Kentucky boys. I mean, that's my whole thing with Diallo, too. I, I think a lot of the players that come out of Kentucky do really well in the NBA, and it's okay. nice to see him just get better. Okay, so Bam and Luca. Got it, got it. Okay, so now we'll switch over to Coach of the Year, Shay, Billy Donovan, and why? No, I actually am going to say Nick Nurse, okay? Nick so. Nurse? <laughs> well, so, so Boone Nolzer, Billy Donovan, and Nick Nurse. You got Nick Nurse, though. Yeah, I mean, again, I how do you go from losing your star player while being the champions to possibly doing it again? I think that right there says a lot about Nick Nurse. I like how involved he is with the team. I think he's a great coach to even watch on the sidelines. I think he's so dedicated, and I like that. Don't get me wrong. I think all three of the coaches that are, are – mentioned are great I yeah Billy Donovan is great but in the same way that we talked about Philadelphia probably firing their coach there was talks of firing Donovan last year before instead of getting rid of Russell so it's just uh, Billy Donovan has a lot of work to go and I think Nick Nurse has really proved himself as a great coach long term okay I'm fair with that that's fair uh Jade do I even ask I don't know if there's much of a point. I do have some points to add. <laughs> okay, fine. Throw in your points. So, obviously, it's Nick Nurse for me. And it's not just be- – I swear it's not just because – I know I it's not because it's Toronto. I know it's because, no, he is coach of the year. In terms of Billy Donovan and Mike Budenholzer, neither of them lost superstars this year. Right. Billy Donovan got Shea playing amazing basketball and – um Chris Paul playing amazing basketball together. He so this wasn't a team even supposed to be getting into the playoffs. No, but still, they got they added pieces. Giannis Antetokounmpo, last year's MVP, he's still there. His game has gotten better. Oh yeah, Boonholzer, yeah, yeah. Right. So like Nick Nurse did it, losing a piece and not bringing in a piece that really equates to losing Kawhi. It, he, it had to be the coaching of the team that filled in that hole. Also, the Raptors lost the fifth highest player games to injuries this season. None of those other four teams in the top five are even playoff teams. So, like, that's coaching all the way to be able to deal with that many injuries all season long and still come out with, we ended up with the second best record our record ended up being for the season better than 
the Lakers and franchise best win percentage this year. I don't, it's just, it's not even much of an argument to me. Okay. I mean, Nurse is mine too, and it's not really even close. It'd be Nurse and then a mile down Billy Donovan and then Budenholzer. But, and then last but not least, the most valuable player award. We got the Greek freak, we got the beard, and then we got the king. Shay, who do you got? Ooh, I'm giving it to Giannis again. I, and if not only because of process of elimination, it's, I can't see LeBron being MVP. He's, the team is not doing great. So how is he the most valuable player? And the same thing with Harden. It's like Harden is valuable, but I feel like only when coupled with Russell Westbrook at this point, because when one of them is out, they both struggle. And I think that says a lot. So how are you the MVP when you still need your other teammate? And don't get me wrong. Giannis like is a great player. And it really did show when he was out in Brooklyn did beat them. So I, I, yeah. I don't know if these are the greatest choices for MVP this year. It's a pretty generic list, I'm thinking. Like, oh, LeBron's on it. Oh, Harden's on it. Oh, right. the, re- the reigning MVP's on it. And that's pretty much every single year the reigning MVP is on the list just because of the reigning MVP. Right. So, Jade, why not James Harden? <laughs> <laughs> Why not James Harden is for the same reason why not LeBron for me, which is when you think of the Lakers, you don't think of LeBron or AD, you think of both of them. When you Mm -hmm. think of the Rockets, you don't think of James Harden or Russell Westbrook, you think of both of them. When you go to the Bucks, it's Giannis. There's no name to put beside his. It's it's just Giannis. So that's my players to support him, but he's got no superstar with him. Exactly. Because one thing with Harden that I I always go back to was he's been his most successful when he has other superstar talent with him. Mm-hmm. The one year that he was by himself in Houston that he led them, they were an eighth seed or a sixth seed. So regardless, him as a leader, they weren't. I mean, they're still a playoff team, but they got knocked out. So mm-hmm. this is a lame MVP list. Yeah, I would really like to see them overhaul the way they decide it. If it was up to me, I think my finalists would be like Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and I don't even know who I'd pick for a third, but it would not be those. It definitely wouldn't be the three that it is. Well, just to just to remind, so for the finalist list, that is based on from when the season ended in March. Okay. So this Devin Booker play that we've been seeing in the bubble, nada. But he was doing that before. He had they a were bunch, still the twelfth seed. He had a string. See, that's the thing. I don't care about where the team is if you're going to well, say then, MVP. He can be so right. good, but if he's not winning, he's just. And this is coming from a, a team from a, a person <laughs> whose team is bad, and that's all it is: are good players putting empty numbers up. I love Cat, but he's putting up. 25 points, 12 rebounds and stuff. Great stat line, but you're on a losing team. It's You may be the best player on that team, but that means you're not the leader, though. 
But we're the team. The award isn't most leadership. Most player. valuable most to the team. Valuable player. So to me, it's that guy that like you take him out, you you remove him from the team, and they're they're absolute worst record in the league. Well, they're still terrible with him. They weren't terrible. I mean, they weren't great. Oh come on. They but were I don't care. But that's in the Western oh, Conference. But that's my what I'm saying. I don't care if the team is losing. I don't like that. I don't feel like that needs to be part of well, the Because that means the player's leading them to wins. Yeah, but his org, he, he's with a crappy organization. That's not his fault. Well, that's not the MVP, though, then. That's not a discussion for that if, he, if he's got a crappy front office. If he's MVP, he should be able to get past that crappy front office. Oh, come on now. <laughs> hey, this is also – Timberwolves have always had a crappy front office. Garnett still won MVP. He led him to a number one, te- number one team in the conference. I, I can't I can't I can't go there with you. I just can't do it. I don't get how you can have someone on a losing team get MVP. Okay, but I don't like that just because it's a winning team, they automatically get that too. Like there has to be some middle ground somewhere of how to pick an MVP. Well then that can that can go for almost any single award then for it. But the other awards we could are say all like okay, balanced. so we could say coach of the year, which okay, if you took the coach off which team would be bottomed out? Yeah, but like those, that's, there are you, that's, other that's, the, that's the argument right now. Okay, then. but go back to the rookie of the year though. We Zion is still in that conversation. That, Reasonably, he doesn't have any business. It doesn't have to do with the team at all. It's just the rookie. But so why should the rookie of the year not have to do with the the team, but the MVP because does? They're not expecting. It's still an, the MVP. It's still this an individual award. You know, take this guy. Take them to the title. You're you're arguing that one's an individual award and one isn't, and I think they both are. All right. Whatever. Let's get to the fast break. So today's fast break has been or is presented by PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform that also includes esports a company that leads in social wagering innovation. Join PropMe at the Google Play Store or Apple App Store today. Sign up and join the movement. Okay, so we're going to start this fast break off. Jade, we'll start you off. Is the league missing out on no Zion in the playoffs? No. No? Not even a little bit. No, I mean, the story that came out of Portland again this year, I I don't see how you need more than that to make things interesting. That's that's I, this week was a little bit hard for me to come up with uh, fast break questions. So, yeah, this one was a little bit of a softball toss. Um, <laughs> Shay, is the league missing out on no Zion in playoffs? No, I we're going to get him in other playoffs. I think we have enough good people right now. Yep. Also, I'm a little bit annoyed that Zion is the story. Right. From LeBron when we've got Giannis and Luca in the league. Like one of those guys gets to come before Zion as far as. Oh, yeah. And I think so Zion I'm actually kind when of it comes to all around. It's Luca. I don't see Zion becoming an all around player like Luca does. Mm-hmm. No. Jade, is there an asterisk at the end of the season for whoever wins? So 
this is the thing I've kind of changed my stance on a little bit because at the beginning of the resumption and kind of throughout the pause, I was like, no, a championship's a championship. And even if I don't necessarily agree that it is because teams are coming through all the same things, I think overall there's just going to be because how can there not be in a season that was so messed up? Mm -hmm. That said, arguably the top two teams in each conference are coming in as healthy as they would have been during the regular playoffs, if not healthier. Mm -hmm. The Raptors are probably healthier. Um, The Lakers are having some little nagging injuries, which we expected them to have going into the playoffs anyways. Just because of their team. Right. So I kind of think it's going to depend on who ends up being in the finals. But if it's the Lakers, Clippers... Bucks, Raptors, any combination of those four teams, I have to say no, because they made it to the playoffs in kind of the same shape they otherwise would have, and they're mm-hmm. all playing in the same environment. Say it's some dark horse team, though. Like, say from some miraculous reason, oh. Boston does. See, in that scenario, I think the argument that, like, oh, this never would have happened in a regular season, that fan base is going to be dealing with that narrative forever. <laughs> Oh, no, Boston has to deal with an asterisk on one of their many, many titles. Get over yourself. Which, by the way, Boston fan uh, listeners, thank you for listening. Um, (laughs) Shay, um, is there an asterisk at the end of the season for the winner? I think no, but, or, hold on. I say yes, but not in the way of it was not as well earned, but because it was different struggles. So I I think that, I mean, we're definitely going to be talking about this season forever. And that could be in itself why there's an asterisk. Because, I mean, we're going to remember the March breakoff and this weird limbo that we had to sit in. And then them announcing the bubble play and us wondering if it was going to work. And then the fact that we're starting the playoffs, we're all like, we're actually getting there. So I think the struggles are different, but it's uh, it's just as much a championship. And plus the fact that the difference, the otherness of this season is also we all experience it in our personal lives. Like in previous seasons, say a lockout season. Yeah, we were missing basketball, but our lives went on as usual. Whereas for this season, we're always going to remember the COVID season because all of our lives stop for months Mm -hmm. and then slowly ramp back up kind of with you know things stopped with basketball for basketball fans and they're ramping back up as basketball goes so it's just kind of it's going to be for those of us that were around and will remember this like we're podcasting I wasn't podcasting in any other basketball season before now so it's going to be for sure something that stays with us yeah I can't put an asterisk at the end because the title's still a title but last question and this is going to have to deal with the uh, OKC-Houston matchup. Shay, who's going to be complaining more, Paul or Harden? <laughs> I think it's going to have to be Harden. He just is such a crybaby. I know Chris Paul complains as well. He literally does not stop talking during a game. Even when he's on the bench, he is basically the second coach. But I think when it comes to actual complaints, it's going to be Harden. He makes, again, makes the same face, makes the same hand movements. He does it every time. He's going to be complaining. This one was a hard one for me. This one, I, I, this question actually came up uh, right after you discussed your OKC Houston stuff. So that one was a, that was a last second switch up for me. Um, Jade, we'll wrap up with the fast break with you today. Who's going to be a whiner 
Paul or Harden? I gotta say Harden. And it's not even because I think one necessarily complains more than the other, but it's so much more annoying watching Harden do it for some reason. Such a good point. Yes. Like, and I don't, I, I, just something about it. And it, it usually, it bothers me when LeBron does it too, but it doesn't bother me when Kyle does it. It bothers me more when James does it than, than Chris Paul. Like I, I don't I I think it's the face. I think it's the it's the crybaby face. Yeah. I think with Chris Paul, I just feel like with him when he complains, it's like this like the kid that always talks to the para at recess and like, oh, he's doing something bad. Like he's complaining to the refs, like, well, look at him doing this. I'm outing out everyone. That's my thing with Paul. But I got Harden still being in mean, because Harden can't do anything wrong on the court, as well, my dad says, that. which I agree with, and my mom. Harden oh, is their least is. favorite player in the league and almost all time. So that's what it is. It's the fact that he already gets all the calls and he still complains. That's what it right. is with LeBron too. I just figured it out. Like I'll never forget the the minute I put my finger on why I didn't like LeBron James. It's probably two seasons ago now. I was watching playoff basketball at my parents' house. And he complained about a foul call. There was like three minutes to play in the game, and it was only his second foul call of the whole game. Of course, and it he's was. complaining. And I'm like, I just figured it out. That's why I don't like you. That's it, right there. Like that moment in a nutshell. I was always just like, I just don't really like him. I don't really know why. I just and and that was it. So I think that's it with Harden too. Like you always get the calls. So just like, how can you complain when you always get it? Exactly. Right. So okay. So we broke down the first round of the playoffs. Who's going to win? Who's going to bomb? We got X-Factors. We got our picks for the award winners this year. I think we've done a pretty solid job at covering everything that we had ideas for today. Do you guys have any other final thoughts for the playoffs or anything before we go in to go sign off for the day? Nothing? No, I'm just ready to watch. Ready to yeah. watch? Bring Jade, you got playoffs. any final words? We the North, anything like that? Uh, just remember to tune into our live stream on Thursday. Hardcore Honeys presents hashtag NBA Twitter. It's live, so it's not quite as polished as the podcast ends up being since we do edit this. Um, but it's a lot polished? of fun. <laughs> it's a lot uh, of fun. We'll talk about your tweets if you send them to us or if you tune in live and comment. We'll discuss your questions, comments, whatever. So don't miss that. Cool. Cool. Also, Get the merch. My dad just got his shirt and he's loving it right now. My shirt is on the way. I got I just I bought one size. I I I hope I just have to stick with an XL. I'm gonna feel real sad if I gotta see if we have to if we have a double XL there. But crossing fingers, I'm not that fat yet. So <laughs> COVID's not taking me down that far yet. <laughs> okay. On that note, it was great chatting with you guys today. And we're gonna sign off. Hardcore honey, say peace. Peace.